This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction, relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so that we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these conversations at home. Today I'll be talking to my colleague Andrea. We're going to talk through how to approach a conversation with young people about pornography. Parents and carers often ask us about when to have this conversation, how to start and what to say. What to say will clearly depend on the age and development of the young person. We recommend taking a proactive approach to this discussion. If a child has access to the internet, then they are at risk of seeing pornography either by accident or because they're curious and they look for it. Don't wait until a situation where your child has been scared or confused by sexual images that they have seen to start this important discussion. Andrea, thank you so much for talking to me about pornography. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. First thing we're going to do is define what we mean when we use the word pornography. Well, the actual definition of pornography is sexual content designed for arousal. It's produced and distributed with the consent of all people involved. It comes in different media formats. Pornography might be images, um, video, film, have actors. It might be animated, texts, direct messages, online gaming or audio sound recordings. So it comes in many different formats. Um, what pornography isn't, it's not sexual violence or abuse. If it's shared without consent or it's image-based abuse, revenge porn, or has children involved, it is not pornography. Okay, and that's the working definition we go with, that it's designed to be sexual and it has to be produced and distributed uh, with the consent of those people involved. So consent is a really important part of pornography as well. What does research tell us about when young people see pornography for the first time? Okay, so the Australian Institute of Family Studies says that um, about 44% of children aged between 9 and 16 have encountered sexual images in the last 12 months. And of these, about 16% have seen images of someone having sex. Basically, the average age for people to have seen pornography is 13 years old. And 87% of young Victorians have watched porn if they're in the age between 15 and 29 years. Very, very prevalent in society. So young males report accessing porn more frequently than girls and from a younger age than females. Both genders access pornography individually, but also with peers. Very common. And it is a bit difficult to find out exactly what the stats are because it's not often ethics approved to go into a school and ask young people if they have seen <laughs> pornography. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot more research being done in this space, but whether this is accurate or higher and having different um, sources to find the information from, as you say. When I was looking at this, I found a really interesting piece of um, information that was talking about preschool children 
and the um, just access to the internet. So the eSafety Commissioner said that 81% of parents report preschoolers using the internet now. And by the time they are at school, so in preschool, 94% of parents report their child is using the internet. You know. So if they're using the internet, then they potentially have access to sexual pictures. Yeah, if they can sand out something like cat, C-A-T, chances are they could sand out something like bum. Um, and we know for sure when we go into classes that a fair percentage of young people will say or ask a question that indicates that they have seen pornography. So what sort of things do you see in a classroom that indicates that a young person has seen porn? So yeah, in classrooms, we um, actually give students opportunities to ask questions. So we use two formats. One are anonymous question boxes. So they can either on, in an online format or on little slips of paper, ask their questions. And it's also question and answer time. So some young people speak really openly in classes as well. And as you can expect, the questions change depending on the age and stage of development of the children. Some of the questions we might get might be something like, um, how old can you be before you have to shave or wax your vulva? And that might be the opportunity for us then to reinforce body autonomy and say all bodies come in different shapes and sizes and colours. There's no one way of being. Um, they might ask something or say something referring to or naming sexual positions or sex acts. Things like why does, what does sex sound like? Why do people make noises when they're having sex? And we can get, you know, specific questions from people when they're getting a bit older, they're trying to sort of test the waters as well. Things about why do I prefer watching animated characters have sex? Is it weird to like that over real people? Explicit questions about ejaculation. Uh, we've had questions about bestiality, having sex with animals. You can imagine we really do hear and have a lot of questions that we do indicate that young people have seen pornography. And often it's a clarifying question that they have. Is this usual or is this what sex usually is or is this normal or is how I'm feeling about it normal as well? Yeah, and, and sometimes it is actually linked to that sort of social, emotional, their feelings and they're wanting, you know, they might have a, a concern and so it is their way to bring up that question in a safe space in the classroom and hear from someone who they perceive as, a trusted source to answer their question as well. Is there anything wrong with young people seeing pornography? We know that young people are curious, so chances are they will see porn at some time. They might accidentally click on something or a phishing tab takes them to a link, or they might receive porn, so someone sharing it with them through a device, or it could just be, hey, check this out, and holding up a device and showing something on a phone. For young children, accidentally encountering porn material can be confusing and distressing, can be harmful. It could potentially expose them to graphic, violent, or misleading messages about sex and sex practices, messages about body image, gender stereotypes, and it can give them wrong idea about sex and intimate relationships. Um, it can also give people unrealistic expectations about sex, framing it as a performance, something that you do to another person rather than with another person. So overall, the research is saying pornography, and there's a growing evidence base to show that adolescents are using pornography and this can negatively influence them, their knowledge about safe sex practices, gender roles and having sex.
but we also have to to understand that young people are curious and in the day and age that we're in now when you have a question you google it you find that information on the internet so it's balancing up and not always taking that response to that as being um, harmful but understanding that it's part of the world that we're living in now and if young people are looking um, for education about sex and relationships without any alternative information, they, they might see that as the truth. That's, that's how sexual relationships should go. Absolutely. And we also know that with our young LGBTIQA plus young people that they often report not getting enough information in their school classroom sex ed classes so that they have a higher tendency to search out information that may not be credible by using porn to, porn to inform themselves. And then also problematic things that can happen like porn addiction, which can actually impact real life relationships and erectile dysfunction. So when young people are unable to feel aroused in real life situations as they're using porn to mm. become aroused. So one-off exposure to pornography doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem, but for some young people, it can lead to overuse of pornography or preferring pornography to a real life, life situation. And what they think might be happening is that some young people, because they're making those brain connections to sexual arousal when they watch pornography, they can't actually feel aroused in a real life situation. So that yeah. really is At a problem for some people. And especially important to, to think about the age that we've, we've noted that they might be accessing this. If they're prepubescent or early in puberty, you know, they may not have had any real life experience in relationships, not even held someone's hand or, you know, talked to someone so that they are, their brains are malleable and they're forming this information, which might be misinformation. So, yeah, as you said, Anne, it, it accessing porn is not a great teacher of healthy relationships. If a child has seen pornography and you as the grown-up in the house finds out, mm -hmm. what should you do next? Firstly, find out if the porn was unsolicited and if they are feeling concerned or worried. Ask some questions and listen and don't judge. Um, let your child know that you're there to help them no matter what. Depending on the age and stage of development, the eSafety Commissioner has great guides for parents so that, you know, can give you information on what to do. Let them know it's okay and it is a problem, but it's a problem that can be worked through together. If the school is involved, then the school will also have its own policies and procedures and they'll be able to support you as well. So talk to your child if they are worried and also just reaffirm with them that it's natural and normal to be curious and interested. So if they've actually sought out the porn, but it's really good that they have actually spoken to their trusted adult as well. Don't threaten, threaten to take a device. Um, this may seem like the easy thing to do. We'll, we'll get rid of the iPads or we'll get rid of the phones, but this may make them less likely to speak to you in the future. You might want to set boundaries around the uses of devices, around phone use, um, maybe Wi-Fi curfews where they're allowed to use things. But, you know, just taking it might mean they shut down and in speaking to you in the future. So depending on the age of your young person, you might discuss body safety and real life relationships versus porn as well. And just, you know, remind them that porn can depict verbal and physical abuse, violent and unsafe situations. Porn's treated like a performance so that young people might use that to form how they believe real sex is. 
And so those things that we always refer to in our classes, consent, mutuality, communication, respect, those really important pillars of healthy relationships. And we might use the analogy with young people that just because you've watched a, a exciting car chase on a, a movie or something like that doesn't mean you can drive a car. Absolutely. Like so people even do drive cars like that. So yeah. it's a made up thing. Yeah, it's a made up thing, definitely. So yeah, it's exciting to watch a car chase, but we don't drive like that. What should young people know about pornography? Young people, again, it's going to be based on their age and stage of development. It's very much around the protective behaviours for younger children so that we talk to them about private and public. So, you know, they should be able to identify public body parts, private body parts, and understand that things, they shouldn't be seeing these things in public and speaking to their trusted adults about it. As they're growing up, we talk to young people about media and porn literacy and porn versus real world sex. So understanding that's produced, act as a hide for their specific body appearance, body type. The scenes are scripted, edited, choreographed. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a made up edited thing. And what porn doesn't necessarily show is consent, use of condoms or other protection like dental dams. The sex can be rough or violent and the language can be offensive. So acts that people not, might not want to do or be able to do. And it doesn't show diversity amongst people. A lot of the sex shown is heteronormative or has a cisgender bias. And it can be degrading to women. There's a lot of problematic about um, gender stereotype. Bodies aren't diverse, lack of consent, lack of safer sex practices. It always shows everyone ready for sex all the time. So, you know, not the real world, not real world intimacy and that and um, sex that should be grounded in communication, consent, respect and mutuality and mutual pleasure. Uh, when should adults at home have a conversation about pornography? If they can have got access to the internet and they can spell bum, it's a good time to be preparing them. 69% of parents believe educating their children about pornography is essential. And 77% of them believe that it's their responsibility to provide that education at home. Yes, less than half have reportedly spoken to their child about pornography. I think it's really common that if you're a parent, you wait until there's a problem. Uh, and if there's no problem, then why talk about it? Because it might be distressing to actually have that conversation. But we'd really encourage people to be proactive. Yeah, and it's really interesting that parents also tend to underestimate the extent of exposure of pornography for adolescents and overestimate it for the risk of younger children, despite the fact that adolescents are more likely to view sexually explicit material. It's really important to prepare our young people for the future. So even though speaking to them about pornography might be an uncomfortable, tricky conversation to have, when they see something like a, a poster or advertising, it might have someone wearing a skimpy bikini or if something does come up in a movie that they're watching or, or they hear language in a film, even if it's not sexually explicit material, it's the opportunity to start speaking to them, to their young people about what do you think about this? And there's lots of opportunities. I remember in one of the recent Spider-Man films, one of the characters was doing something he wasn't meant to be doing on a computer. Yep. And to explain it away to the grown-up that came in and caught him, he said, oh, I was watching porn. 
So it's in mainstream media. The word is in mainstream media all the time. There's opportunities all the time that come up where you might be in a position that you have to explain what it is to a young person. How might parents start that conversation with a young person? Again, we're thinking about the different ages and stages of development, but, you know, some questions might be for younger children. Um, Have your friends ever looked at sexy pictures? You know, would you tell me if you saw something weird on the the internet, like sexy pictures, if that made you feel uncomfortable? Do you think the internet is a good place to learn about sex? Have you heard of the word pornography? Do you know what that word means? Do any of the kids at school ever talk about it or have anyone, has anyone ever showed any pictures around? They're kind of the questions that you might be asking primary age children. And I guess when they're starting to get to secondary, that, that the questions might be a bit trickier. Like, remember when I found you watching pornography the other night? Well, let's have a chat about that. If they've seen it, reassure them that they're not in trouble. Ask when you saw it, how did you make, you f- make it feel? Discuss those feelings with them telling them the kind of information you want to give them is about the healthy relationships and the value base from your family as well. And a great time when you have those young people that are doing their 120 hours of driving practice and you've got them locked in that car with you, it's a great time to have these conversations around safety and pornography as well. And that's a good analogy you mentioned earlier. You know, we don't toss them the keys and say, hey, off you go, start driving and, and yeah, you know, drive erratically. We're teaching them them those road rules. Um, We're teaching them how to use the car. We're teaching them how to drive safely. And we're teaching them to be considerate of other people on the road as well. And that's much the same as their relationships. Another time that I've found is a really helpful uh, reminder is when those notices come home from school on the ICT policy. You've got to read through a whole lot of information with your young person and it'll use the word inappropriate a lot. Yes. Tell a teacher if you see something inappropriate. If something inappropriate happens, tell a teacher. I think really explaining to young people what inappropriate is and yeah. what that means in that context is really helpful. And that's kind of your reminder to have that uh, proactive conversation. I think so too, being really explicit with language. And I think one of the other things that I and note I just thought of then as you were speaking, Anne, is that pornography often treats sex as though it's a performance and that young people might use that to form an an idea of how they have to act. But, you know, it doesn't actually show the emotion of young people, equality, the clunkiness, the awkwardness, the shyness, um, and that continuous consent as well. You don't sort of just ask in the beginning, hey, do you want to do something? You're constantly checking in with a partner throughout sex as well. So, it leaves out some of those really important messages that we need to explain to young people about their relationships. You know, remember that young people are digital natives so that these young people, they are tech savvy, they are media literate. Um, We know that when we go into schools and work with young people, we don't need to be really obvious. They understand and can discern between what is real and fake. So we need to have, you know, really authentic conversations with them so discussions around that it's not all, about, not always about physical sex, but it also needs to include discussion that builds on social and emotional intelligence, um, respect and empathy as well. A positive sex message that sex should be mutual, pleasurable and something done consensually with another person, but that is fun and mutual. 
So we talk about relationships and sexuality education as being a protective factor for young people. What mm -hmm. do we mean by that? Um, relationships and sex ed, RSE, it's age appropriate and it's been aligned and sequenced to the Australian and Victorian curriculum. So it's all been mapped out um, and staged to their stage of development. It is preventative in that it equips young people with information to navigate growing up and relationships. Um, it's forward planning, so it sets the groundwork for future relationships and their experiences. It's based in research and evidence, and it's underpinned with those core messages of healthy relationships, so respect, mutuality, consent and communication. And it's current and relevant to young people's lives. It recognises the importance of technology and how much this is now part of their socialising, their friendships and their relationships as well. And if young people or if anyone has that understanding of what is healthy and what is usual and what is beneficial for people, they're more likely to, to report something if it's not those things. So knowing how to seek help when they need to is a really important part of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for, for younger people being able to identify when things aren't going well or those red flags or whatever terminology you use, it's really important part of the education. I think that's one of the messages as well, that this is, you know, a tricky conversation. It can be quite embarrassing for everyone involved, but we know how prolific information on the internet is. And this is something it's our duty of care or, you know, our love and, and respect for our children to actually help them and talk them through this as they're growing up. That's it. Thanks so much, Andrea. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. That was really, really fun to speak with you. Thanks so much, Andrea. I'm just going to note some key points from that discussion. Be prepared to talk about pornography from when your child can spell. Don't punish if your child reports seeing pornography. Critical thinking skills will help young people discern fact from fiction. Make sure young people know how to report, either in-app, at school or at home, if they see something distressing. Some resources which I'll link in the episode notes. eSafety is the place to go for research and resources about pornography. eSafety has advice for parents and carers on talking about pornography. I'll link to that in the episode notes. It's Time We Talked is a website and program by Marie Crabb and David Corlett. There's lots of information there about young people and pornography. Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior is a picture book by Kristen Jensen to explain pornography. There's a version of this for older children too. Someone Should Have Told Me is a picture book by Holly Ann Martin which talks through online risk. Keep It Real Online is a New Zealand campaign, it's very funny, which could help start a conversation about pornography. For more information about FPV, you can go to fpv.org.au. You can follow FPV on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Like it if you like it. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.